the Medical School Headquarters Podcast, session number 134. Hello and welcome to the Medical School Headquarters Podcast, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your pre-med success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. If you're struggling with the MCAT, go to freemcatgift.com and download our 30-plus page report all about tips and tricks and some deals on MCAT prep. Again, freemcatgift.com. Also, don't forget to check out Pre-Med Life magazine, our partner magazine, awesome articles all about the pre-med journey and uh, a ton of great stuff. It comes out every two months, premedlife.com. All right. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. I hope you're out there uh, driving on your way to the gym, on the way to school, on the way to work, at work, listening. Today, we're going to reach into the mailbag and answer some questions. And when I say we, I mean me. Allison is not here today. Uh, I'm sorry to disappoint all of you that were hoping she was going to be on, but it is just me, just lonely old me. So I hope uh, we get some good questions and, and we'll figure out uh, how to answer them the best for you. If you have any questions, if you have any suggestions, if you have any answers or follow-on answers, other tips to the questions that we cover today, go to our dedicated show notes page for this episode at medicalschoolhq.net slash 134. All right, so let's start with the first question, and it's an MCAT question. A couple of these are MCAT questions. I know the MCAT is probably the biggest stress for you. And so we're going to talk a couple questions about the MCAT. So the first one is, would you recommend starting off by self-prepping and then moving on to a tutoring program, or how would you go about studying? So basically, should you start studying for the MCAT alone, or should you just dive right in with a program like Kaplan or Princeton Review or Next Step Test Prep, a one-on-one tutoring? And my answer to this is always, or almost always, it depends. I know it's not a great answer, but it is the answer. Everybody has different methods of studying. If you know you are a great self-studier and you can be dedicated on your own, then go for it. Don't spend the money on a test prep course right away. But I will tell you that for the majority of people, for the majority of students, taking a test prep course, again, through Kaplan, through Pinson Review, through Next Step Test Prep, taking those test prep courses will more than likely give you a boost in your score by several points. And it's kind of hard to say several points these days with the new MCAT scoring because several points might not seem like a lot. But back when several points meant a 33 instead of a 30, that was a lot. So it will give you a boost. Having that structure, 
leaning on somebody that has knowledge of the test more than you do will guide you better than if you go it alone. It's the same reason you listen to this podcast. You're getting information from somebody that has been there and done that. And you're listening to other people's stories that have been there or who have been there and who have done that. And so there's no difference between that and taking a test prep course. You're getting test prep materials. You're getting access to practice tests. You're getting materials and information that you need to know to do well on the MCAT. So I am a huge fan of pretty much everybody taking a prep course. But if you want to hold off on taking the course until you get a little studying under your belt, that's okay. It is okay. It all depends on you. All right, so that was the first question. The second question that came into the mailbag is, do you think surgeons have to get used to blood and flesh? Do you think they're born ready or do they learn it in the OR? Uh, born ready for the OR? Now, this is an interesting question because I've never really thought about it in this way. That We typically think of it as either you like it or you don't. Uh, I don't know if it's something that you can really learn. I myself, I didn't mind the blood and guts. That's just, I dove right in. And I know other people that get woozy at the sight of blood. There are many fun stories of medical students becoming patients because they fell and hit their head. And and it it all it all depends. So I believe this is more of a kind of a personal opinion question. I believe you either like the blood and guts or you don't like the blood and guts. I don't know if there's really a let me try it out and, and stick my hands in the squishy stuff and see if I end up liking it. I think you, you just like it or you don't. The operating room is a very special place. And I miss the operating room. As a, as a flight surgeon, what I do now, a primary care doctor, I work in a clinic setting. And so I don't get to be in the operating room, even though I have surgeon in my name or in my title. So I, I miss the operating room. The operating room has has a very unique set of smells, a very unique set of sensations, a very unique, uh, obviously, look and feel to the room. So definitely, it has to be something you like. So I don't think you're born with it, but I think you better tolerate it very early on. All right, the next question is from a pre-med in Canada and they says they're starting at the University of Toronto and they want to know about an undergraduate major. They say they're passionate about the human body and and how the body moves like kinesiology, physiology, but they're also passionate about finance. So they want to know if it'd be if he would be able, I think he, he would be able to do finance as pre-med and if he would still be a competitive applicant. So I don't know, because he says pre-med course, I don't know if they mean just take finance in general or take finance as a major. So that's uh, two totally different things. But he says, I would like to be noted that I practice weightlifting, blah, blah. That's not really a part of it. Anyway, 
So, what you major in has no bearing on your ability to get in to medical school. How well you do in your major and how well you do in the prerequisites for medical school make all the difference in the world. So, if you like finance and you think you can do well in finance, then take some finance classes. That's fine if you like that. I don't like that. I don't know why you would like that, but that's fine. Take it. And also, if you're interested in the human body, kinesiology, physiology, etc., that's awesome. If you want to be a doctor, I hope you're, you like that kind of stuff. Go take those classes as well. There are plenty of people that double major, that get, have a major and a minor because they have different interests, different passions. That's okay. Just understand that most medical schools are going to have a list of required classes that you're going to need to take by the time you matriculate into that school. You don't have to have had them by the time you apply. You just have to plan on taking them by the time you start medical school. So. Follow your your passion if that's what it is with finance. Take a class. If you don't like it, great. Toss it. If you do like it, continue on and take some more. Obviously, as a physician, knowing some finance is important. I don't think that's something they teach us enough of in undergrad, in high school, in elementary school. I think financial literacy in this country is pretty poor and probably in Canada too since you're in Canada. But yeah, go for it. It's awesome. All right, next question from the mailbag. And if you have a question for the mailbag, there's a couple ways that you can ask a question. You can go to medicalschoolhq.net slash feedback to leave a question for us. You can just shoot me an email, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net, or you can join the over 425 other pre-meds in our Facebook group at medicalschoolhq.net slash group. All right, let's get on to the next question. So is there a shadowing or volunteering hours requirement for being competitive as a med school applicant? That answer is no. You will be hard pressed to find a list of schools and the hours that they require for shadowing and volunteering. If you go to our favorite three-letter site that shall remain nameless, you'll see students posting in the What Are My Chances thread with GPA, MCAT, and volunteering hours and shadowing hours. And typically what I see in those... Are I have a 3.8 GPA, a 35 on the MCAT, 400 volunteer hours, and 250 shadowing hours. Do you think I'm competitive? Now, I think they're just looking for their ego stroked with that kind of post, but that's just me. What you need to show is you need to show that you have seen the light, you've shadowed, you've gotten close enough to smell that patient, you understand what you're getting yourself into. That's what this experience is all about, shadowing experience. Volunteering experience is 
for your sense of pride and accomplishment and for admissions committees to see that you are willing to give. You're willing to take time from your studying schedule to go volunteer and to give to others. The act of giving, having that mindset is huge as a physician because you're going to be asked to give a lot more than you get. And so having that mindset, having that experience, being okay with it is huge. There are some schools, and I I only know one off the top of my head, the University of Utah actually dictates how many shadowing hours are required to apply. Now, they specifically mention that you need, for community and volunteer services, a minimum requirement of 36 hours within the last four years. The average is 100 completed within the last four years. So minimum of 36, average is 100. That's pretty crazy. Now, for physician shadowing, which they have separate here, a minimum is 8 and the average is 24. So do your own math and figure out if the average is 24, how far above and beyond that do you want to go? Now, I specifically asked why I I reached out to the dean there who I've had on the show before, and I asked what his thought process was or why the University of Utah has these requirements for medical school, because I haven't seen any other schools that do this. And he said that because it's a state school, the state came in and said, that your admissions criteria are a little too gray. We need it more black and white to make it fair because they don't want subjectivity in the admissions process. And so they're able to compare more data points between applicants easier when they have a set number of research and volunteer hours and other stuff uh, included. So again, if, if you Google University of Utah Medical School admissions criteria, you'll see a list of other things, including patient exposure and leadership as well. All right, so last question on here that says, can anyone recommend a preparatory plan or structure for studying for the MCAT? Now, this is very similar to our first question. It's going to be highly individualized. What type of studier are you? Are you going to take a Kaplan or a Princeton Review or a Next Step Test Prep? How much time do you have dedicated to studying for the MCAT? Is this something you're going to be doing full time? Or are you still in classes? Are you working? What what does the rest of your time requirements look like? Because that's going to dictate what your study schedule looks like. If you only have an hour or two a night, then that's what you're going to do. Uh, you're going to study an hour or two a night. If you have all day, every day, then that's a totally different story. Ideally, when you're studying for the MCAT, that's all you're doing. It's your part-time job. Obviously, the MCAT is one of the biggest admissions criteria and requirements and hurdles that you need to do as well as you can on it. So. You need to take it serious. You need to respect the MCAT. Hashtag respect the MCAT. 
you need to do well on it. So plan ahead, figure out what your schedule is going to look like and work backwards from there. Once you figure out how much time you have, then you can dig into the AAMC's material to see the subjects to study. You can break those down based on the total amount of time that you have and keep working backwards from there, mixing in practice tests. And again, if you're taking a test prep course, then a lot of this is done for you. Now remember, once you start working backwards, once you know when you want to take the MCAT, go register for it. If registration is open, go register for it. Make sure you get a seat in the testing center that you want, in the location that you want. It's so very important, and too many students wait too long and end up needing to travel somewhere out of state or including uh, off the continental United States. They need to go to Alaska or Hawaii or Guam to take the test. So do me a favor and, and go register as soon as you know what date you want it. Don't push back the date. Don't set a date based on your studying. Set your studying based on the date. All right. Those are all the questions that came into the uh, mailbag this week. Again, a couple different ways to ask a question. You can go to medicalschoolhq.net slash feedback. You can email me directly, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net, or join our Facebook group at medicalschoolhq.net slash group and join over 425 students that are engaged uh, there online. Again, don't forget to check out Pre-Med Life magazine at premedlife.com. Go say hi to our friends at Next Step Test Prep. Let them know you heard about them here at the Medical School Headquarters podcast. The Next Step Test Prep is a one-on-one tutoring service that fits your needs, your time frame, your schedule, your strengths, your weaknesses nextsteptestprep.com. Let them know you heard about them from the Medical School Headquarters podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, go to medicalschoolhq.net slash 134. That's our specialized show notes page for this episode. And you can go to medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes to leave us a rating and review, which I always say is greatly appreciated and it truly is every time you leave us a rating interview, it comes straight to my inbox. I have a special label for it. It makes my phone ding and, and lights start shining and confetti starts falling. And it really just drives us, it motivates us, Allison and myself, to continue doing this podcast as, as often as we can. And obviously it's been for 134 straight weeks. So you're you're sending in the love and, and that's awesome. We had one new review come in this week from S. Gaffin, who says, great addition for the serious student. This podcast is great for the passionate pre-med student who is looking for tips, tricks, and motivation. Thank you, S. Gaffin. Again, medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes takes 30 seconds to leave us a rating interview. It's greatly appreciated. Yeah. All right. I think that's it for today. I hope you got a ton of great information today. It's a little Q&A session. I love doing Q&A sessions. I hope you enjoy the Q&A sessions. We have uh, hopefully working on some great interviews in the next couple weeks. And until then, keep pushing it, keep studying, keep focused, keep motivated, keep your eye on the prize. 
It's right around the corner. It's a long, arduous journey, but it's so worth it in the end. All right. I hope you join us next time here at the Medical School Headquarters Podcast. (laughs) 